for me, it's always that horn because every other cruise ship just, I'm not going to make the noise, but we all know it's not so magical. Yeah, I always love to hear that uh, Disney ship has gotten to a horn battle with another ship. I'm like, it's not a battle. It's not. It's a, they brought a gun to a knife fight. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast and. Along with my co-host, my fabulous co-host, Sam, we have with us two special guests from our amazing show sponsor, actually, Touring Plans Travel. And so I want to welcome Annette and Yvonne to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for joining us today, you guys. We're excited because Annette and Yvonne were on the first revenue sailing of the Disney Dream on August 9th. It was a four-night cruise. I assume also with a double dip at Castaway Key as they're doing right now. And so, Annette, Yvonne, do you want to give folks your Disney background? We can start with Annette. What's your cruising background like with Disney? How many cruises have you been on and which ships? So this is almost embarrassing. Um, I love to cruise. So not only with Disney, I've cruised other cruise lines as well. But with Disney, this was my 24th um, sailing. Um, Let's just be honest. I've been a travel agent for over 20 years, and I used to escort groups on board the ship. So a lot of mine were working vacations, running around the ship, taking care of other people. But um, I have been on all four of the ships. The, The great thing for me was this was like a throwback on the dream because I was on the inaugural um, I was on the inaugural for the fantasy as well, but it was kind of cool to go back. I just kind of, I had some great memories this week. So. Well, how many cruises have you taken overall in it? I, oh, 50 plus. Oh, wow. But I, I, I don't even know. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't be don't be too gun shy there. We have a friend who has sailed on Disney. What is it now? Fifty nine times sixty. He's probably up to over sixty now because of uh, all the cruises he's been taking recently. But yeah, sixty times. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's just kind of at one point. You know, when you first start cruising, you you're counting all the cruises, and then after a little bit, you kind of go, oh, <laughs> I've done a lot. Which which lines have you been on besides Disney, Annette? Norwegian Princess Royal Celebrity. I am doing the Virgin Voyages in December. Super excited. MSC was on my list, but got canceled. Yvonne, what about you? What's your what's your cruising background and your experience with Disney Cruise Line? I barely have a cruising background. My before <laughs> this, my only other cruising background was I went on a Royal Caribbean cruise once that was not fun, and not because of Royal Caribbean. I got food poisoning about a week before. Oh, no. And so the entire cruise, I mostly stayed confined to my room. And I ordered a lot of room service. And it just was not fun. It just like was one of those things where I was cruising with my then boyfriend and their family. And it was like their anniversary thing. And I was like, well, I guess I have to go. And so it just it wasn't a good time. But in contrast, like even though you know, I was working on this cruise, like taking pictures and things, I had a lot of fun. So this is my first ever Disney cruise in my entire life. So like on one hand, like I wanted to take pictures. And on the other hand, I just was kind of like in awe of everything. because I had never done any of that before. So <laughs> got to watch out. The first one gets you hooked. The first one gets you hooked. <laughs> and then you end up with 24 like Annette. She did volunteer. She did say that she was going to have to come back and tell Lynn she needed a cruise vacation 
to recover from the crew's work. Yeah, there you go. I did tell Annette, like, if they need anyone to cover the wish, I will volunteer. <laughs> I will volunteer. <laughs> I will fall on the sword. I will do it. Like, I'm, you'll be tribute. Yeah, it's 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 grueling. It's grueling work. It's grueling work. <laughs> I know, but somebody somebody has to do it, Yvonne. You know, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Ask for hazard pay. <laughs> <laughs> so you both recently got back from the dream i want to get your overall impressions of being on board the ship right now let me start with just the port experience was that smooth was it fraught like how, how was how was getting on the ship let's just ask that question we, yeah. i will say we we have already read on the the internet about a bunch of people who were turned away on your cruise so interested to hear what your observations were of that as well yeah so do you want i will, I will okay so i will say like annette took the shuttle from the rental car place but i drove so you know, you have like your little time that you're supposed to arrive. And I think I arrived like it was like around one o'clock and they were very strict about when you could park because we weren't supposed to arrive to 2.15. The guy's like, you're going to have to circle. So we did I that found, on purpose to test, by the way. Yeah, Just, that, yeah. that too. Yeah. yeah. We wanted to see if they would actually be really strict about it or not. So I kind of stayed like on a little grassy area with my car and waited until my time popped up. But Annette didn't mention that they were being like super strict to the point where like if it was five minutes ahead, they wouldn't let you in. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it was kind of, it got a little heated. Yeah. It being the first <laughs> one, you know, the shuttle driver from Alamo had to go around twice before they finally let us get off. And I ended up standing at the port waiting on Yvonne for about an hour outside. But part of that's because I was on a bus with everybody that had check-in times of one fifteen, and I just kind of slid off. I, they let me off. So that sounds, you know, I don't recommend it. I'm going to tell you because you're out there and they're not letting you go anywhere. And they were not thrilled. There's no bathroom. And they actually were trying to get me to call a lift to come pick me up for me to leave and come back. So I just kept moving around up and down. So somebody different would come talk to me, but I don't recommend <laughs> that. I'm going to tell you until they get the stump pat, I don't recommend it. But when your time comes, it's so quick and easy. Yeah, I will say that because we, because I just happened to stop to like uh, offload some of my luggage and Annette was standing right there. We had never even seen each other until this day. So I just had a, <laughs> I had a picture of her and I said, I saw her standing there by yourself and I was like, I think that's her. So it's a whole she, different podcast. Yeah. God, isn't that so funny? Like you, you co-workers in the pandemic and you don't know, yet really know what each other looks like. Yeah. So, so she hopped in the car with me. And then once we actually got in the car and went into the garage, that's when the whole like, you know, know, you show your boarding pass and then the boarding pass has the information about like regarding if you have already been vaccinated or not vaccinated. So me and her, we were both vaccinated. So for us, it was really easy. Like they sent us through, they scanned the boarding, like the QR code. And then I think they looked at like our IDs and then they were like, oh, you're clear. And then we just parked on the second floor. It was like the easiest thing ever. So they did. So this preliminary screening that you did is at the parking garage, not even in the port terminal yet. Right. However, if we had had to go to step three, which was going to the medical tents to be tested and to go through that code. So we were vaccinated. So we didn't have to do all the tests. I will say if somebody's listening to this two weeks from now, that could change. They could be a lot of cruise lines have started making everybody do the test. 
Disney has not yet. So, you know. We actually went this morning for our son's PCR test for our cruises Friday. And we went ahead and scheduled tests for ourselves as well, because we were like, we don't know if Disney might change this last minute that everyone needs to come on board with the test. To be honest, Avon and I did the same thing so that we knew, you know, you're sharing with somebody that you aren't, you haven't been living with. The last thing you want to do is come right. back and everybody at work go, and she <laughs> contaminated the other one. Right. Right. That's so a good we point. did to make sure that we were negative. And you know what, guys? I recommend everybody do it beforehand. You want to know before you get down there and then you get denied. And so what, do you have any insight on what the process was like for, so like we are both vaccinated, our son is not, right? So we're going to have to take him through the testing process. Did you happen to get any insight from other guests or or through your own observation of what that process looked like at the port? Um, Yes. We actually have lots of pictures of the tents. And I did talk to a family that did just that. They were vaccinated, but they had a child that had to go and do the test. So they went over to the tents and they have several different tents. They assigned you to a tent. They do a test. You hang and wait until they get the results back. They said it added maybe about 45 minutes to an hour on. So, and then they were able to come over, walk on over to check in. Wow, 45 minutes to an hour. That's that's not insignificant. So, um, yeah, but yeah. you got to wait for the test result to come back, right? I mean, it's probably the, the biggest, there's probably some waiting in line to get your test right behind some other families. And then probably the biggest wait time is just waiting for that test result, which probably takes 20 to 30 minutes. Well, the whole process, right? You're going to have to fill out paperwork and you got to, you know, it's the whole thing. I, I can also say that we did see a few people that didn't make it past the tent. So, You were asking about that. I know there's been all sorts of numbers that have been thrown out about people that did not get to board. I've gotten it straight from Disney Cruise Line that it was 20 families. And most of them did not read all the paperwork that was sent to them. And trust me, Yvonne and I can tell you, and if you're going this weekend, you know it. How many notifications through the app and email are you getting letting you know of the process? Whether you've done it or not, there are several families that have already come back and said it's on them. They did not read. This is not the time to travel anywhere without reading anything that's come to you from the supplier that you're doing. You need to read. Because every time I got a notification, I thought I was going to have to do a, a test. Same for us. That's why we, we've we been paying really close attention. And like Brian said, we actually did just get tested this morning because we were just wanting to be cautious and make sure in case they change the rules. And frankly, just to know for our own peace of mind, it's, you know, we don't really want to get on an airplane having not been tested, right? So. And, and that the quick public service announcement for those of you listening out there planning a cruise right now, the, what happened to these families is that they showed up to the port not having had the pre-COVID test for their little ones who were not vac- eligible for vaccination. They thought that the test at the port alone was sufficient. It is not. If you're not vaccinated and you haven't provided Disney with proof of your vaccination status that's been accepted, <laughs> then you have to show up to the port with a test already in hand, a PCR test already in hand within five days of the sailing, and then you will be tested again at the port with a rapid test. So these families did not get their little ones tested and so didn't have the fi- the testing within five days, the PCR test within five days, and so were denied tonight boarding. That, so or there were a few that were tested and they they came back positive. Oh, oh, we didn't hear about those. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that will happen. Then there was another one though that was one family member, or at least I was reading online. I don't know if this is true. This is just what's on the internet. Disclaimer. Right. <laughs> um, but there was a, at least one group where everyone except one person in their group 
And it was actually an adult, I think not a child who was not vaccinated, but did the testing, but got the wrong test, did not do the PCR test, did one of the other testing. And so they were turned, I don't know if the whole group was turned away or if just the one person was or what the end result was, but the person who had the wrong test for sure was not let on board, even though they had a negative COVID test. And Annette, let me ask you and, and Yvonne as well, aside from these families who sort of either didn't read or misread the instructions, if you test positive at the port, any indications as to what they will do then for you in terms of, I mean, you're not getting on the ship, but are they giving you a future cruise or are you Refund. just out of luck? Yeah. Yeah. They're working with those families that I know that there was one family that said that they chose to go over to Disney World instead of going on the cruise. But to confirm that through Disney, that they're not confirming what they're doing exactly just yet. I can say, not trying to push this too, too much, but we did see families loading up on buses and leaving. So we did see that. We also know that around 530 they came off the intercom asking for two people. Oh yeah, that's that's when we were that's when we were waiting. We thought that's when we foolishly thought we were going to set sail at five forty five, and then they started like calling people, and we were still sitting there like at six o'clock, seven o'clock, and we're like, and then we see the buses pull up, and we're like, okay, uh, yeah, we that's saw not charter happening. buses pull up, yeah. yeah. So, but we did see a golf cart leave the ship with two people, which we're assuming are the same two people they announced with luggage that went and met up with a family that it looked like was pretty much denied boarding. So the family group left together. It, it is surprising to hear that, well, we'll send you over to Disney World. Like, because I, I wouldn't want people then wandering around the park who had tested positive. Right. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, I hope they didn't test positive. I would doubt it was the positive testing people. I, I would guess I would guess it was the people who didn't test. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, let's move on to happier topic. Yeah. (laughs) Now we're on the show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear from Yvonne. Yvonne, like one of the most magical moments of a Disney cruise and your first Disney cruise, especially is the first time stepping into the main atrium from the Port Canaveral Terminal. So what did you think? I mean, I loved it because I certainly don't remember the Royal Caribbean entrance having so much, you know, pomp and circumstance where like they announce you and they're <laughs> like, here's Mickey and Minnie and they're on this beautiful staircase and like the glorious chandelier with like the whole like art deco style to it that I really love. So yeah, I mean, I, I love that whole little show and it really kind of like set the tone for the rest of the cruise, which I like too, so... I hope they keep Mickey and Minnie around because that's a new addition. They did not. They used to announce you as you walked in the lobby, but Mickey and Minnie weren't standing around in my memory. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It it sounds like it's in in some ways even better because you, they just bring in a a handful of families or groups at once, right? Yeah. There was only like, yeah, maybe like 10 families at a time. Standing on a dot. Yeah. Everybody's standing on a dot. (laughs) everybody's distanced and, you know, they do the little welcome show. And then after that, one of the cast members comes and gets you and then they like kind of lead you to your room. So it really set the stage for the rest of the cruise with the characters because they were, they were away from us and roped off. It just kind of started where, you know, you're going to be able to see them, you know, you're going to see them around and, and you kind of got the idea of this is the, this is the process. They're going to be, they're going to be around and scattered. And it, it was a great way to start the cruise because everybody wants to see Captain Mickey and Minnie, you know, Captain, Captain Minnie for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I got to ask as a 24 time cruiser on Disney Cruise Line, you're a little choked up when they announced your name again for the first time back on board. Well, I have to say we didn't give a name. 
We said touring plants. We said uh, <laughs> so, um, Welcome, Lynn Testa. <laughs> but I can say, hearing the horn, and at first we heard the fantasies horns be- blowing oh, yeah. because that was in front of us. Yeah. So we saw them sail away and seeing their crew waving at us as they were leaving before we left. Oh, that's so fun. That's for me, it's always that horn because every other cruise ship just I'm not going to make the noise, but we all know it's not so magical. Yeah, I always love to hear that uh, Disney ship has gotten to a horn battle with another ship. I'm like, it's not a battle. It's not. It's a, they brought a gun to a knife fight. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that the I love that the sister ships were right next to each other too, because you don't get that very often at Port Canaveral. Mm-mm. Well, let's talk about on board. I'm curious. Like my big question about on board right now is how did it feel being on board from a capacity standpoint? Because I've certainly seen some photos that make it look pretty empty, but we all know people can kind of cherry pick their photos those in their moments. And so I'm just, I'm curious, how was it on board in terms of the feel from a capacity standpoint? I don't think they're cherry picking, to be no. honest with you. Yeah. Wow. And, and the people that just came off this last three-nighter only had 900 guests on board. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. So a little less. Ours was around 1,500. And we did ask about the kids and about a third were children. So on that first sailing, there was a good mixture of people that were on. You saw people, but you definitely could get pictures of things by yourselves. You know, the distancing, they had stuff there, but because there were 1,500 people on board, the only time we really had to use the dots on the floor was for the fireworks. Yvonne, we didn't use them any other time, did we? Yeah. I mean, the only time that I remember like standing in lines was like when I went on the aqueduct, there was like a little bit of a line. And then sometimes for the characters, there was a little bit of a line. But other than that, yeah, I mean, you there were times where we would walk around, wouldn't see anybody else for like a good 10 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It felt yeah. like there were times definitely when it felt like ghost ship type of vibe, which... I like, it was I, like nice. creep- <laughs> I like the creepiness, like I like the, the aloneness. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, there was definitely no sort of issues with trying to stay away from other people if you wanted to kind of distance yourself as much as you could. Like there was no issue with that at all. So here is the true test for anybody that has cruised elevators. So oh, elevators, yeah. <laughs> we had to push the buttons, but we didn't even wait on the last day for an elevator to leave, you know, and they did have it. There were a few times where you'd have to wait because the elevator came and there was somebody in it. They had it limited to two people or one family. So, you know, sometimes that would happen. People were just genuinely nice. If somebody was one deck away, they would get off and go down the stairs so that you could jump on. But yeah, that last morning, elevator came empty. We pulled our luggage in and we left. That's really how it was the whole time. What about indoor activities? And I'm, I'm thinking things like bingo, towel folding, origami, trivia. Like what, what did it feel like in, you know, places like D lounge or in the, or in the pub or, you know, those, those types of places. There were certainly times where they kept the venues limited. So like the pub, there were times when we passed by and it would say venue at capacity and they would have some of the tables empty. And then like the bar, only had so many chairs and they would kind of group them into little sections so people could stay distance. And then 
I think bingo was another one. I think that was the most people we had ever seen at, at that point was, was bingo. Like people bingo were... Is always, bingo is always a big draw in Disney. And it was an evolution. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to ask about the pools, but I want to take a quick minute first. We should stop to thank uh, the sponsor of our show. Annette and Yvonne are from Touring Plan. So just want to stop for a second and acknowledge our sponsor. And then we'll be right back. Hey, DCL Duo fans, we just want to take a minute to thank our amazing sponsor, Touring Plans Travel. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacations and Disney vacations and love the service and expertise that we get from our travel specialist at Touring Plans Travel. And know you will too. We also love the Touring Plans philosophy that really puts the guest ahead of the product and focuses on guest experience over selling you a vacation. So if you'd like to support our show, head over to touringplans.com travel and get a free Free quote on your next Disney vacation. Remember, Touring Plans Travel doesn't charge extra and you don't pay anything for their services. Disney pays the Touring Plans agents once you travel, so costs you nothing extra. So head over to Touring Plans Travel, get that free quote, let them know the DCL Duo sent you, and uh, it'll help support our show. So thank you, Touring Plans Travel, for all the support. And now back to our episode. All right, we're back. And I wanted to ask about the pool area. Uh, was it pretty crowded up there? I think the only day that the pool area was really busy was the day we were at sea for the entire day. Other than that, it was pretty empty. But they, they have the pool in the family area roped off and Mickey will allow 12 people in at one time. The other one, 13. So 25 in total. And the lifeguard is watching. So the lifeguard would ask if you'd been in for a while and there was somebody wanting to come in, you know, they would ask if you mind leaving so that somebody else could come in. Yeah, they would like switch people out. And there was like a little line sometimes where, yeah, people waiting to get into the pool. So no issues in the adult pool, though. And and the funniest to us was <laughs> even on the side of the pool, you know how you know how adults are. We just want to sit and put our feet in the water, right? They actually had stickers around the edge <laughs> for where you could sit and where you oh. couldn't. <laughs> oh, funny. What about hot tubs? The hot tub, it was funny. I know the adult hot tub was open, but like the family hot tub was closed like the entire time. So, and then like the hot tubs too, it was like one family per hot tub or two people. It was like similar to the elevators in that way. So, so you know, those times you've been in the hot tub and it's been overly crowded and people still coming in. Imagine, I mean, yes, it's a little empty, but it, at times, it's kind of nice. I mean, I loved it. At one point, I had the entire hot tub to myself. Like, I could have jumped back and forth between the two sides if I wanted to, and nobody <laughs> would have cared. So, well, let me ask this question: Maybe top top two from each of you of biggest hits and biggest misses with the onboard experience, and then we'll go to Castaway Key. Well, dining, I will definitely say Remy was amazing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they are not seating a whole lot of people or either people didn't want to go to Remy because when we were there, I think, including us, there were maybe 10 parties in the entire restaurant. And it definitely felt like it was nice. It was quiet, like very intimate. And it was, you know, one of those like amazing two, three hour dinners where there's, you know, they just keep putting, putting food in front of you and each dish <laughs> is better than the last one. So that was awesome. I really love that. And then I enjoyed bingo a lot, like for me, because I've never done bingo on a cruise ship. And I used to watch a lot of the love boat. So I feel like that's a quintessential <laughs> like, cruise, <laughs> cruise experience. Like, 
those were like part of my favorite things. And I just like playing games. Like I really wish I could have played some of the like pub trivia. They had like the eighties and nineties, like music trivia. Cause I would have done so well, but we didn't have time for that. But let me see misses. I don't know if there were really any misses for me, honestly. I can't think of anything right now. Maybe let Annette go ahead and see if what she says. <laughs> Annette, same question to you. What were the two things you just really thought Disney did well on the sailing? And if you've got, uh, you know, one or two things you think they could improve on next time around? Yeah, no, they, I really and truly the spacing and how they handled the safety protocols. They really, it, it really did make you feel safe and secure. And you didn't really feel like you had, they really, until the last night, you really didn't feel like there was a lot of people around. They definitely had to spread out. I think they handled the buffet line really, really well. On cabanas, you go in, you wash your hands. There's somebody making sure you do that, definitely. And then they assign you to a section, and that's where all the food is. They would pass your plate. You would tell them what you wanted. They would pass the plate, and then they'd hand it to you. And once they handed it to you, they were not putting anything else on it. No cross-contamination. The beverage stations handled beautifully because they had a person there with gloves on that fixed your drink, put it on a table, and then you could pick it up. So again, no cross-contamination. I I will say the food all seemed to be very much the same. Very, you know, it it didn't seem to be skimping. The one thing that I, and this was my, my negative, was I did feel like normally in cabanas, you get more food choices. But because they had different sections that were all identical, yeah, they could only do so many foods because they only had so much space because they needed to, you know, so every section had to have the same food. So they kind of wanted to keep people in like their own little areas. So they did ha- still have all the desserts because, you know, there would be an uprising if you didn't have that section of desserts. That was still there. <laughs> and they still had the salad station, which I always bypass. But but yeah, the rest of your food was just in a couple of sections and it was identical. Everywhere. Oh, leave, leave the sushi, keep the cannoli. That will be the, uh, the yes. mantra for Disney Cruise Lines. <laughs> what about uh, I, I, one other question just about onboard? You had a sea day, so the shops would have been open on the shorter sailings, the three nights. It's a little tougher because they're in port uh, twice, so they can't open them up until the evening. But I'm curious, the shopping on board and merchandise availability, that was a real problem at Alani was being able to have merchandise available from a supply chain standpoint. So I'm just curious, did you notice anything about the shops on board? Okay, so Tiffany's is gone and it's now Diamonds International. But here was the thing that we observed the most, which we just found interesting that Disney did this. You know, you got to have your stuff with the year on it. But was this the year to have 2021 on everything? Seriously, the number of shirts, magnets, everything, just like a normal year with 2021. I just applaud the, uh, the bravery of doing that because <laughs> it could have gone really wrong. And then you're like, well, we got a whole bunch of stuff that I guess we'll send to the uh, character outlet or something like that. So when you only have like five months of sailing for the year, right? Like why would you, I, I agree with you completely. Why would you brand everything with the year? But you know, Disney does that all the time. They do. But I hate that. I told Brian, like I don't buy, he he'll buy stuff with year on it. I, I don't buy anything that has the year on it because it pisses me off. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, let's move over to Castaway Key. Uh, you had two stops there. What was Castaway Key like? I mean, if the ship felt empty, I can't imagine what Castaway Key feels like. It, again, empty. <laughs> like the same thing. Like truly felt like a, you know, deserted island. There were times where there were definitely like more cast members out than 
guests that were in the water. So <laughs> it was, we, we talked about like how, you know, there's the adult beach Serenity Bay and we're like, you don't even need the adult beach because the other two beaches are just as quiet and peaceful right now because there's no one there. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> did, did, did they have cookies and cookies too still open because of the both family beaches being open? Yeah, they did. And they did the same thing there, just like Cabana's. It, and there was the other difference between Serenity Bay and Cookies with the food options. At Serenity Bay, it was a teeny little area and they really weren't social distancing the adults from each other so much. Once you finished one section, your plate was still passing around and you weren't touching it, but they were letting you in. So when you finished one little section and went to the bread section, somebody else was coming into the salad section. But over at Cookies, where there used to be two lines that met in the middle and then you exited, that whole entire you was food and your plate went all the way around. So there were lots of salad options. The food options, there were more at Cookies than there was at Serenity Bay. And they just had more stations too. Yeah. So there were like six or seven stations versus the one because we had to stand in line to wait for food. Over at yeah. Serenity Bay, we walked right up and went straight in for food. They then had, again, the, at the drink station, same scenario. But then they also had a cast member pointing you to the table to sit at because they don't want the mixing of family. So how many times have you been there and you've sat with another family at the picnic table? Oh, yeah. I mean, we definitely have done that unless unless we're with a group um, and then we'll have a table to ourselves. But yeah, normally you just have to find a a spot. And sometimes that means sharing. And even the, the, they had signs on the beach. They really didn't want you moving their chairs around to make bigger groups. So every umbrella was spaced and there was two loungers and two chairs in front of it. And that was at Serenity. That was at all the beaches. That's how they, they were social distancing, even that. So it was great. You know, normally you had to kind of maneuver around family groups to get down to the beach. I'll be honest. I think at one point, Yvonne and I were in the water and we looked up and there were like eight sets of chairs, eight umbrellas between people sitting on the front row and nobody behind them. If that gives you an idea of how empty. What about the experience for the kids with the Kids Club and then Scuttles Cove? Kids Club is limited right now, two and a half hours a day per kiddo. We're hearing Scuttles Cove is actually open. I'm assuming it's more or it's less limited just because it's outdoors, but I don't know. Do, do you have any sense of the experience for kids on board? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so for the kids right now, and again, this is disclaimer on our cruise. Yeah. Um, they were letting them come in in groups of about 15 into the Oceaneer Club. And then they were bringing them in and they got 15 minutes in each of the rooms and the group rotates all together. So as they're rotating through, they're cleaning that room. So it's ready for the next group of 15 to come in. So if you have a child that just wanted to be in one section, that isn't going to happen because (laughs) there's no way for them to clean behind them and know what's been touched and what's not. So that's what's happening on the ship. They did say that while they have it limited anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours, it depends on the number of kids that on the island, they were giving you two and a half hours. And then that was for the, for the younger kids. For Edge and Vibe, they had set hours for two-hour section where the teens could come over and play volleyball and do some games and do some things. So they did have stuff for them, but you know it was only for a two-hour section. Just really quick, I want to complain to whoever put the Galaga machine in the teen area because... <laughs> 
they don't know what that is. And I wanted out of there because it was free play. And the only time I got to see it was during the open house and I could have stayed there. So that's my, actually, that's my complaint. That's my, that's my miss. That's a good complaint. Yeah. That's my miss is about the Galaga machines. I'm, I'm a little bummed to hear about the way they're doing the kids club because I'm not sure how much our son will be enjoying the kids club if he can't play video games the whole time, to be perfectly honest. And, and I think that I think over time that'll change, but I think they're just trying to work through this process. And I, I have said all along when this all started, having all this experience with different cruise lines, I knew this was going to be the challenge for, I think everybody, you don't, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know Disney Cruise Line was going to have to struggle with this kid's programming. Um, and so I'm going to put my little side note in here and say, if you have a child that normally goes to club and you can't pull them out, this may not be the time to cruise with them. I mean, that really, I mean, I think it goes with that. And I know there's probably anybody in the industry is probably slapping my hand right now. But if you have kids that go, they play for a little bit and they come out, or you're wanting a family cruise experience, I have been recommending that people bring games from home, bring cards, bring some board games, bring little things that you can play. Because that is the one thing that people did not think about on that first cruise. So we saw families that were teaching kids how to play rummy because they've never done it, right? They didn't have anything with them. But if you come with Jenga or you come with your own, they don't have any games out for you. Uno is a really good travel game. I want to plug that. The Jenga box isn't hard to pack, you know, but I think that's something you need to think about. They didn't have color sheets. They had markers, but no. So I just, that's my little, I'm just going to throw it out there. If you're, if you've got the kid that lives in club and you can't get them out, you might want to wait a little bit or don't cancel yet. See what the changes coming down the pike are. Well, one more question about Castaway Key. And then I want to sort of wrap up with an overall question, but one more question about Castaway Key, which is just excursions. Uh, we know they're booking cabanas. They are selling excursions on Castaway Key. Did you see folks actually taking advantage of any of the excursions? Did you hear any feedback about the excursions they're offering on the island right now? We did. Well, we did see like one group take an excursion. I think it was by the adult area. We saw a group take an excursion and we did see people, you know, like using the bikes and doing like the stingray feeding. And so there were definitely people taking advantage of it. So they just didn't have like the parasailing and those boats going because that's close contact. Oh, interesting. Because they let me book parasailing for the cruise. By the time you're going, it might be there. We run the first one. It wasn't there. (laughs) The only boats there were the ones that bring some of the crew over. Interesting. And I saw that they, well, let me, let me ask the sort of the final question I have for each of you and I'll ask it separately to each of you a little bit differently, but Yvonne, let me start with you. This was your first Disney cruise line experience. Did they sell you? Would you go back uh, based on the experience you had on board? I mean, I actually really enjoyed my pandemic cruise. I was surprised because I'll be honest, like before going, like I was very anxious just because cases going up and everything. So I was just really like trying to be cautious. And so I got my test and, but actually once I got on it and I saw how few people there were, you know, what they were doing to keep everybody distance, like I felt really comfortable. And, you know, other than that, like, you know, just the cruise itself, like I really liked it. You know, I do love Disney, but I'm not a person who's like super into characters or even like the animated films. Like I'm more into the theme park side of Disney. And even with that, like I really enjoyed the cruise and I, and I like that if you want to sort of just fully immerse yourself in Disney, you can do that. Like you want to go to the shows, you want to see the characters, you know, you want to sing all the songs, you can do that. But if you just kind of want to get away from that and just enjoy a nice meal 
or be in a quiet pool or enjoy a view, like you can do that too. So I appreciated that you have that balance and the amount of things to do on the ship. Like I would definitely want to go back and like I said, do pub trivia. And I really wanted to do the mini golfing, which we ran out of time. Like I really want to do the mini golfing, but yeah, I mean, if, if I had the money, I would definitely go, (laughs) I would definitely do it. So Annette, as a 24-time Disney Cruise Line cruiser, how does this cruise rank for you? I'm going to preface this by saying we had no children with us. <laughs> Which always adds, adds points. Yeah. Always adds points, yeah. I'm yeah. just, just going to just say that. Bonus I mean, she had, she had me. Like, she just like, <laughs> like drag me around the ship and be like, okay, we're going to go here. And I'm like, okay. Like, so, I mean, and that I, I'm like a big kid that can drink. So. <laughs> no, I, I have to say there were a lot of things that they were doing that I've said a couple of times. I wish they would keep this. They were doing multiple shows in the theater. So they were some while we were at Castaway. So they were trying to space out what was in the theater. So, you know, sometimes you, it just doesn't work at night and you miss a show because it doesn't work because of the dinner and the, you know, you've got other things you want to do. So having those extra shows in the theater was amazing. There, there were some things they didn't have, like dancing. I missed that. That's something I like to do <laughs> on a cruise ship. No silent, no silent DJ party. None, none of that. They, they had a little dance party after the three minutes of fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> but it was raining that night. So we got lucky it wasn't raining during the fireworks. So that kind of squashed that a little bit. But again, that's probably stuff that's going to come back because they were just being overly cautious. I've, I just, I, I found it to be refreshing to see how they were doing things. The characters, we haven't really talked about that too, too much. But I am going to say you see them all over the place on the island. They're in little set areas behind ropes, but they're much closer than you're going to see them in the parks. So there was interaction with them. Even though you can't get right up on them and sit in their lap, we would be down in the atrium and the characters, there wasn't really a line all the time for them. Sometimes you just walk through the atrium and there they stood with nobody. So they would they would be making gestures down to people in the atrium across the way, cutting up amongst themselves. <laughs> you know, it was really kind of it was it was kind of cool. I do think over time they're going to fix this. This is one thing I did see. When you do photos on board, you can take your mask off and hide it, take the photo with the photographer and then put it back on and leave. Well, I asked when Chip and Dell were behind me, I'm standing there. No one else was around. It was just Yvonne, myself, Chip and Dell, and the cast member. And I was like, can I take it off and take a selfie real quick? No. Oh, interesting. So um, it was interesting that you could take with a photographer, <laughs> you could take a real picture with <laughs> no mask, mm-hmm. you know, upcharge totally. <laughs> but I do think for coming out the gate, it was going to have some, some bumps. There was going to be a little bit of that, but I don't think there were as many as I really thought there would be. Well, there you go. The next iteration for Disney, the new mask pass. Uh, you can pay $8 <laughs> per character and take your mask off. For mask. That's coming, coming from Bob Chapek soon. Mask oh my God. <laughs> Lightning lane mask pass. Yeah. There you go. We'll have to hear what Len thinks about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Annette, Yvonne, it has been great catching up with you post your cruise aboard the Disney Dream. We're excited to be on board this Friday with our son, hopefully keeping our fingers crossed for some negative COVID test results today across the board. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the stressful part of travel right now. It'll be even more stressful, I think, when we're sitting at the port waiting for 20 minutes. But yes, uh, super excited to be on board next week. And uh, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experiences with us. Ooh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Well, it was just absolutely great having Yvonne and Annette on the show this evening. And what I loved was being able to juxtapose the experience of a seasoned cruiser like Annette on board the Dream right now with that of Yvonne, who was a first time at Disney Cruise Line sailor. So fabulous to have that perspective and be able to hear from both sides. It sounds like both of them had a wonderful time. Yvonne would go back and uh, Annette would recommend it mostly, but, you know, with some reservations for a few kinds of travelers. So um, I I think that's great. And it really makes us excited for our upcoming trip on the dream. So with that, I do want to thank everybody for listening this week. As always, we appreciate each and every one of our listeners out there. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. They are really motivational. We love hearing from our listeners. We love reading them on the air on our main show. So head over there, leave us those five-star reviews. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo. You can also join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. Or you can head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. I swear our Alani video is coming out. I just, it takes so long to edit video for me. I'm still in the learning curve there, but it is coming out. Just browse over to youtube.com slash DCL Duo. If you'd like to support the show, in addition to heading over to touringplans.com slash travel, you can browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and join one of our monthly support tiers. Thank you truly to each and every one of our Patreons out there who are helping to support our show. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night.